Mr. Bennett. Among readers of this novel, Mr. Bennett seems to be almost universally beloved. We depend on him as a companion to laugh at the follies of his family, and we share in his special fondness for Elizabeth. But these recent chapters reveal, or maybe reinforce, that he too has his faults. In his letter, Mr. Darcy had reluctantly expressed as one of the causes of his repugnance at making her an offer the unsuitability of her family. He had said, quote, The situation of your mother's family, though objectionable, was nothing in comparison to that total want of propriety so frequently, so almost uniformly betrayed by herself, by your three younger sisters, and occasionally even by your father, unquote. We might recall that even his behavior at the Netherfield Ball was not above reproach. He made a bit of a spectacle of himself in an effort to stop Mary from making one of herself. But Elizabeth's earnest reflections about her family show us that there's more to it than that. His are errors not just of commission, but of omission. He fails to take responsibility for the follies of his family. Elizabeth thinks to herself, quote, Her father, contented with laughing at them, would never exert himself to restrain the wild giddiness of his youngest daughters. And her mother, with manners so far from right herself, was entirely insensible of the evil. Unquote. Mr. Bennett is the armchair critic, who sits back and offers wry observations about the silliness of those around him, but who does nothing to intervene. When Lydia, with her mother's support, wants to go to Brighton, Mr. Bennett opposes the idea. But there is no strength in his resolve. We are told, quote, Elizabeth saw directly that her father had not the smallest intention of yielding. But his answers were at the same time so vague and equivocal that her mother, though often disheartened, had never yet despaired of succeeding at last, unquote. And, indeed, when Lydia receives an invitation from Mrs. Forster to go with her to Brighton, the plan is approved. Elizabeth, sure this will be the death warrant of common sense in her sister and the undoing of their family's reputation, pleads with her father not to let her go. Here, perhaps because I naturally took Elizabeth's side against him, I found his quips and commentary had lost a lot of their charm. His response, quote, Lydia will never be easy until she has exposed herself in some public place or other, and we can never expect her to do it with so little expense or inconvenience to her family as under the present circumstances, unquote. Seemed at least as foolhardy as it was funny. Everything he says about the situation, though characterized by the same cleverness we love him for, now takes on a quality of reckless indolence that puts Elizabeth at risk. From the beginning, we could not help but wonder how Elizabeth's father came to be married to such a witless and exasperating wife. The explanation we are given is further evidence of his own faults. Quote, Her father, captivated by youth and beauty, and that appearance of good humor which youth and beauty generally give, had married a woman whose weak understanding and illiberal mind had very early in their marriage put an end to all real affection for her. To his wife, he was very little otherwise indebted than as her ignorance and folly had contributed to his amusement. This is not the sort of happiness which a man would, in general, wish to owe to his wife, but where other powers of entertainment are wanting, the true philosopher will derive benefit from such as are given. Unquote. 
Elizabeth has always seen it, but it never mattered to her as much as it does now. We are told, quote, Elizabeth had never been blind to the impropriety of her father's behavior as a husband. She had always seen it with pain, but respecting his abilities and grateful for his affectionate treatment of herself, she endeavored to forget what she could not overlook and to banish from her thoughts that continual breach of conjugal obligation and decorum, which, in exposing his wife to the contempt of her own children, was so highly reprehensible. But she had never felt so strongly as now the disadvantages which must attend the children of so unsuitable a marriage, nor ever been so fully aware of the evils arising from so ill-judged a direction of talents. Talents which, rightly used, might at least have preserved the respectability of his daughters, even if incapable of enlarging the mind of his wife. Unquote. Because now, to have retreated from responsibility and indulged in his own amusement seems it might have ruined Jane's chances with Bingley. And maybe more than that.